Hello and welcome to So Farscape. A fun-filled Farscape fancast by a fervent fan. And a frankly fascinated first-timer. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And, and this, this is the story So Farscape. And we find ourselves deep into the, the wilds of season four. Yes, deep into the tormented territories. Of season four, episode 15, Mental, Mental as Anything. Now, do you yes. know where the title comes from? Ooh, no, I don't. Oh, I'm surprised. I thought that you, as, as someone who knows all about music, would recognise it as the name of the band whose lead performer designed the Mambo shirts that Ricky Manning likes to wear. I had no idea that you thought of me as a music person. <laughs> <laughs> apparently that was it. Fair so apparently that... Uh, mental that is everything. Mental is anything is, a, is, a, is an Australian band and all of the, uh, the performers are also artists. That's how they started. Okay, yeah, that sounds cool. Oh, so, I wonder if he also created Scorpius's Mambo shirt. Oh, hmm, probably. That would be fantastic. Yeah, what's what, Mambo shirt? I mean, I, I don't know if it's Hawaiian, sh- Hawaiian shirts. Is the Hawaiiana? Is that the same thing? I mean, they seem related. I yeah. guess. Okay. Anyway, let's see what our listeners have to say about episode four fifteen. Oh, I'm so curious. A grasshopper organizes a road trip. <laughs> the boys find Mr. Miyagi in an effort to keep what's in John's head in his head. A blast from the past dredges up painful memories. Thank you, Marky C. Ooh. And our friend Mark Nixon is back, host of the Shadows at the Door podcast with atmospheric horror delights. Uh, we featured a clip from the upcoming third season a few episodes episodes ago, including our favourite Laddie Tupu mm. as one of the performers, Ahem, says Mark Nixon, welcome to your training getaway. Teal outfits are mandatory unless you brought a leather bodysuit. Mm-hmm. Soak up some heat or battle in a seat. Either way, you must complete this rather intense retreat. Oh, what a feat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Dargo enjoys a tense session of Tai Chi with his mortal enemy. Meanwhile, John Crichton gets put in the naughty box. Thank oh, you, Mystery Tour. the boo-boo box. The boo-boo box, yes. And, well, mental is everything. Yeah, we definitely have a bit of an episode on our paws here. Yes. So, uh, let's jump right in, because it starts off in Pilot's Den. Yes, we get a short little recap of what's been going on, uh, how relationships between John and Aaron have normalized again, as far as you can say about, I mean, the normal <laughs> yeah. the normal thing between a relationship of John and Aaron is wildly swinging one way or the other. So Yeah. <laughs> so so now, like, it finishes with the clip from, uh, from Twice Shy, where they're going, so there's nothing between us anymore. Wink! No, no there's nothing between us. Well, uh, snog, I mean, snogging noises. I, I, I think... Still think that's like a very good double entendre, you know. There's like nothing. There's nothing between them anymore. But there's also like no barrier exactly. between them. No more yes. lies between them. Yes. Very good. So I think that's definitely intended there. But yes, a little flash to pilots' den where we we're back to the unsteady cam Dutch angles. Eh, where there was the stunning oh, waving about shots where things are moving in a bit almost dreamlike state. They kind of stopped doing that recently, haven't they? We haven't spent a whole lot of time on just Moya, which is where the the, uh, Fair. you know, the yeah. uh, uh, the non-horizontal steady cam likes to operate. It's very yes. smoky in Pilot's Den, by the way. They're having a little cuddle there, yeah. uh, because apparently this is, like, safe from Scorpius eavesdropping them on the comms. Maybe they just left their comm systems out somewhere. Oh, yeah, that's actually a good point. And They're being really friendly with each other. Yes. Merry Christmas. Is there something that comes with this? It's big. It's taking over your room. Okay, tell them we're not coming. We're going to stay. We'll watch TV. We'll eat popcorn. We'll act like normal people. 
Oh. Pilate's clearly in the know and clearly being trusted here. Scorpius is already on the transport. Oh. Scorpius and Dargo and Rigel are waiting for John to arrive. And uh-huh. meanwhile, Noranti and Chiana are waiting for Aaron to arrive. Yes, as well. Pilate is relaying comm messages saying like, Captain Dargo is asking where you are. Because they're splitting the party. Oh, wait. Yeah, he has to relay it. So they clearly don't have comms with him anymore. Right. right. Yeah. Okay, very good. Yes, they're splitting the party. Out of um, production necessity, it turned oh. out. David Kemper mentioned that since the move to Homebush Bay, the ADR, the automated dialogue recording, the re-recording of what everybody said, was taking longer and longer because they didn't have sound stages anymore, and they were just building up sort of a time deficit. So they thought, well, if we... If we do an episode with half the cast, then the other half can catch up on their deficit. Right. They and don't we can have coast any... for the rest of the season. Right. They don't have to do anything else, uh, be there for, in the makeup, spend hours, this and that. Yeah, exactly. And they can just like focus completely on uh, uh, doing their re-recordings. And then the next week, the Team A and Team B switch sides, and they Team B can uh, catch up on their recording stuff. Exactly uh, so. Did it work? Um, <laughs> I, I assume so. I mean, they finished the season. Well... Wait, now I'm wondering, is this why they split the team across Moya and Talon in the third season? Oh, I mean, that could have worked, except John had to run double shifts then. Yeah, that's true. At least he didn't have makeup, can you imagine? At least the least makeup of everybody in the... Well, <laughs> him and Aaron, I suppose. Oh, sorry, uh, Claudia Black. So there's team boys and team girls. And team uh-huh. girls are going on some mission for some uh, Leviathan community to pick up a Moya part. Right. You got the better job. What, rummaging around on a dead leviathan settlement looking for a Moya part? Oh, that's infinitely more thrilling. Which Aaron is not super into? No. I'm not quite sure how that works. I mean, they mentioned something about a, like a leviathan graveyard or something. Something like that. Yeah. A, which... a commune. Well, I guess we'll find out next week, won't we? Yes. I mean, like, Farscape has never, like, made a statement like that and then, like, left that hanging. Not followed up, yeah. (laughs) Completely left it going, falling up. But, yes, the boys are going to a, I don't know... The boys are going to the gym while the girls go shopping. Fair, yes. Okay, no. Uh Uh-huh, it's the 2000s, man, come on. Because they're going to some sort of mental training boot camp. Then how you could do with the mental discipline? Uh, Not from someone Scorpio recommends. Okay, so uh, it's on this planet with two moons. It's these glowing domes, this beautiful shot of Lola landing yes. there. And then for, for now until the end of the episode, everyone is in this domed compound. It There's like three sets? Something like that? Yes, yeah. there's the main uh, uh, isocahedron chamber with the glowy lights on the walls. Very good. D20? Uh, D20, yes. Although, doesn't John call this a dodecahedron? Ah, yeah, then if he does, then that's... (laughs) I think so, yes. I mean, he is a jock scientist. But I ain't going in your icosahedron, Miss Kerbobble. Fail me. Give me an F on my report card. (laughs) But, no, I mean, clearly not one who played D&D then. (laughs) Yes, he'd be able to tell us D12 from the D20. I was going to say, he would have known that for sure. Uh, and, yeah, the other set is, like, the, the dorms? downstairs, yeah, the, something like that. Yeah, there's the, the barracks. The, the barracks and the maybe the, the the mess or something. But that's about it. Yep. And, of course, in a few dreamscape states in the, in, in the machine. So the leader of this compound is someone called Katoya. You have all come to my dwelling to learn. Now, the actor you've seen before as B-Sog. You won't shoot me in cold blood. You can't do it. 
He was the uh, uh, gentleman in Home on the Remains on the Dead Budong in oh, season two. Yes. Chiana's ex. He had the split in his forehead. Oh, yes. And he, was he the, the one with the weird dog thingy that was yes. being set up against the yeah, other? The uh, yeah, yeah, that's Well Kiva, done. Yes. And this oh. time he's playing some sort of sensei. He has one closed eye, it looks like. Ish, yeah. It's kind of like he's got some heavy makeup and it's kind of like drooping over one eye, I suppose. Bulbous forehead, a preference for teal geese that he makes everyone wear. Yes. Uh, his his belt is thicker than everybody else's. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. It's like, We're uh, all going to wear the same, except except I'm just going to have yeah, like an extra accessory. I'm going to be a little bit more samer than everybody else's. <laughs> so, yes, they're sitting in this, uh, what I'd like to almost think of like one of those... Um, Steam rooms, which are like you know them in those luxury spas you get with the, the oh. mutely lit places with like hot steam coming out of the uh, vents, and you can just like sit there and uh, oh, sweat nice. a little bit. That kind of like reminds me of one of those that I've, I once was in. With, oh, with that must be so relaxing. Pin lighting and everything, but yes. So this has been a retreat which was organised by Scorpius because I believe that Scorpius feels that the crew is weak and soft, and they need a bit of. Training. They need a little bit of mental right. resistance training. Now, since I, I I hear certainty in your voice, so that means that I'm allowed to doubt. Yes, that's our, how we how we <laughs> divide our. Because uh, like, I didn't feel that the motivation was really sort of clear. In fact, like originally that uh, that scene with John and Aaron at the start wasn't in the script. It was uh-huh. a script that just to start here, but then it was felt in the edit like. It is way too confusing why the girls aren't here and why everybody's... Right. Uh, we need a little bit more time to ease into that. And Because, like, at this point, Scorpius is doing a weird little side huddle with Dargo, John, and Rigel. The four of them yes. are on one side. Katoya's in the middle. On the other side are two more students of Katoya's. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of doing a back-of-the-class whisper to his classmates while teacher is talking. Right. As if teacher can't hear them. I mean, this is like established canon now in Farscape. You know? <laughs> when when <laughs> yeah. two people stage whisper to each other, nobody else can hear what they're saying, even if they're standing right on the other side of the uh, the security gate. You know? <laughs> okay, very good. And he's saying, well, we have to go through this because, John, you were attacked by a weird creature yes. uh, on Earth, the Screeth, that he doesn't know. But if it is native to tormented space, then Katoya will know it. But his condition for, you know, for providing us with this information mm. um, is... For us to complete this training, I'm just finishing the thought now. That seems weirdly at odds with the scene later. He's lying. Yes. Scorpius is lying. Yes, because later on he he, he asks Katoya as one of three favours to identify that creature. Yes, so this is definitely not what's been going on. Excuse me, question. Yes, he must be lying. Yeah. Okay. So yes. Back great. to my theory that Scorpius. Scorpius no, you're completely is... right. He's he's putting them through boot camp. But then still, I'm curious because okay, everyone here has a nemesis. Right. That's what they're being trained against. Uh-huh. John is being trained. Tur- tur- turns out to Basically. resist Scarron heat torture. Right. Through heat torture. Basically, yeah. He's, he doesn't really have a nemesis. It's just Katoya, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Rigel uh, sees one of the other students is a charred. What the blitz is that smell? The stench of that brilliant mm-hmm. Scaranolide species that devastated Hyneria and that he has a racial hatred towards. Yes. And Dargo sees the face of Macton Tal, his, his brother-in-law. Yeah, stepbrother, yes. No, brother-in-law. You're is right. Step, no, stepbrother is when, like when, when your dad remarries or your mom. Right, okay, yeah. 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 stepbrother. So, yes, brother-in-law. With a truly enviable sideburns. Oh, like, yes. They almost reach his nose. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is very, you know, greaser style, I would say. I wonder if he lets those grow out more, whether he could do the same sort of whiskers thing that uh, Dargo has. Well, you should really let them, like, grow out into his moustache and then just basically let them run up over his ears and then shave the top of his head so you can get little, kind of like this hair ring running down. <laughs> but only over the moustache. I've never seen that. <laughs> yes. I've seen the sort of chin strap. No, no, but just the moustache. Just... <laughs> um... Connect all the way around the, the, the back of the head like a Bluetooth headset. Okay, so I, I propose that we start with the opening sequence in this uh, boot camp and then we split it up into each of the three stories. Sounds good to me. Because otherwise it's going to be an endless amount of back and forth between what's going on with A, B, and C. Yes, yes. There's several plots uh, integrated here. So we uh, start off with uh, Katoya wanting to give a demonstration, right? Yes, well, he starts with like giving them the chance to opt out. It's like, you've got these little crystals stuck to your face. Oh, yes, he's bejazzled all of them. Yes, even Rigel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's going to say, like, you have 80 microns to exit, after which your Juxtawi crystal will be activated. Any attempt to leave and the crystal will drill, drill into, into your, your brain, brain or something like that. And do something, which yes. in Rigel's case is like behind his nose or something. Where, where is Scorpius's bejazzle? Uh, it is there. It is stuck to his... It's it's stuck it's stuck to the side of his, to his temple, I think. Oh, I, I, okay. I, I, I looked for it, and yes, he does have it as well. Oh, very good. So um, it wasn't just me then. No, no. So um, after this, he does he immediately start with the demonstration, or is there a? No, then we get a discussion between Dargo and. Well, I mean, Dargo charges at Mac to the town. Right. Yes, that has happens. to be pulled back by uh, by John, which. Impressive that John's allowed to actually pull him back. Right. I mean, that sounds like a bit of a you know running theme here through the rest of the episode. With and then Katoya, oh yes, yep. Katoya separates them yeah. with Tai Chi, Tai Chi. <laughs> well, he does seem to have like some sort of telekinetic ability because he uses it several times to uh, like do remote pentac jabs down the stairs and. Uh, oh other, yeah, uh, I had that written down because like at first it seemed like he was just very very fast. And yeah. Then- <laughs> The next time he does it, like, John's at the bottom of the stairs and he's at the top and he does it anyway. I have it written down as Mentak Jab. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yes. Um, yes, there's a little bit of talking between, uh, yeah, Dargo about his uh, relationship with his wife, uh, ex-wife. We get the longest close-up ever of Dargo's nose. It's a glorious It's a nose. very long shot where John and uh, Scorpius are talking to... Uh, Dargo about what happened between uh, him Coaching? and uh, Macton. Yes. Katoya will not allow you or Macton to kill each other. There's murder with Katoya. Macton deserves to die. Destroyed my family. My wife. My son. Uh, and we get the first of a, a, a few short vignettes, flashbacks to the happy domestic life of yes. Dargo and uh, and Lolan. Oh, I wonder if she's Ka Lolan or if he's like Dargo Tal. Or they took one another's name. Or, or if that's all. just not a thing at all. Eh, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. You have all come to my dwelling to learn. Your objective is mental discipline. To focus your whole mind on a single task is a skill few ever achieve. How much do we pay for this? The task chairs provide access to a mindscape where you will compete with an opponent to the point of great pain. Embrace the pain and you shall succeed. Retreat and suffer the consequences. So we have a, a dodecahedron which 
to me, did have some connotations with the Aurora chair. Uh, oh, yeah. Which it is actually compared to at a certain point, mainly by uh, Scorpius. Yeah, because you get inside and then you each sit in, in this sort of chair and you grab your fucking you, Oculus you, Rift controllers. Right. And, and you get this virtual VR. reality uh, yep. environment. And it's, it's even like that in much more ways because there's like a TV which everybody else can watch what's going on. on Wait, the, is there? Yes, there is. There's several shots where you can see uh, the inside there's, there's like scenes where Rigel is fighting the other uh, guy, and it's definitely uh, on a visible from the people outside. Ah, but yes. So what happens is they stand in like in the disc arena from uh, Tron. Um, <laughs> yeah. But instead of a frisbee, there is a uh, again a glowing D twenty, which is apparently a pain orb. Well, it seems to be on fire. Which well, yes, uh, Scorpius doesn't appreciate. Well, no, he's like got the heat thing going, so. But it's, it's also pain. But it's also pain. pain. And they can mentally push it back and forth, and there's a little bit of ping pong going on. Katoya really seems to... Katoya really seems to have this behavior here, which which I remember from my fencing instructor back in uh, at university. <laughs> it's like, he can easily beat you. He knows he can beat him. Yeah. But he will let you a score if you do it correctly. You know, that seems a right. little bit what yes. he's doing. He, he could easily smack that thing right into... Uh, Scorpius, but he's allowing Scorpius to win a little if Scorpius manages to focus his concentration oh, and his, good. overcomes his pain thing a little bit. So, yes, I, I, I think that's definitely what's going on here. That's a very good sort of teaching method as well. Yeah, I would say so, yes. There's, again, a little bit of demonstration of his uh, kinetic powers because Scorpius manages to push this thing back all the way to uh, Katoya, and then he just kind of like... Pulls, uh, does a little camera pull on uh, Scorpius, and he just draws him back until they're both standing equally close to the uh, sphere, and it ends with Scorpius being smacked by it and coming out of the machine gasping. Oh, uh, yes. He's yeah. in, uh, in dire straits. Oh, so what we forgot to tell is that mm. it was first John who got invited to do the little demonstration. Oh, yeah, but John is like, soup's not into it. No, he's been like, I'm here and I'm, I'm going through with this uh, whole uh, project thing. He's like the kid but at summer camp that has I'm decided he's too it. cool for it. I'm not going to do any of the activities and like, watch me out. I don't care. My parents are going to pick me up. Look, I can put up with the fairy crystal and the jammies, but I need to know what else we get. For the gym membership. Yeah, and when Katoya then goes like, Scorpius, he, he kind of jumps to attention. He's very different. Uh, we don't see that very often. For no. Him. Like, I think the closest we've seen is him and Natira, where he has like some right some respect for, uh, yes. for her. But here, like, and as we find out, this is, this is someone that he studied under when he was younger. Yes. Where Katoya even says like, I had hoped that you'd gotten good enough that you wouldn't need your suit anymore. Cool, and yet cool here, suit, yes. For you to have survived so long, my teachings must have been helpful. They've saved my life on countless occasions. I attempted to teach you to overcome your need for a coolant suit. And yet... You still have use of one. And Scorpius kind of demurs. Like, yes, well, there is always room to learn more. More, yes. He sort of admits that... <laughs> well, I mean, uh, it could also just be a phys- physiological thing, you know? There's like, he has this heat thing that needs to be turned off. It's like, it's, is, is yeah. it a matter of purely enduring it, or is it a matter of actually having his brain cooked? You know, there's like, oh, you can just, like, not have your brain cooked by enduring it better. That's not how... It chemistry works. Yeah, but Katoya seems to think otherwise. <laughs> I find it very frustrating. Like this, 
this this teacher is presented as if he sort of operates on a on a standard that nobody else operates on and just right. expects people to reach it. But he's so cryptic to the point of being useless. Yes, absolutely. It's like a teacher who goes like smacks you on the fingers and says like wrong. And won't tell you what do it what, better. Yes, do it harder, or yes. just like just do it do it right, and not without telling you what right is, or even what wrong is, for that matter. One can always learn more. He's this teacher, and Scorpius has hired him to train these weaklings. Right. How did how did the other guys get here in your in your hypothesis? Okay, so I had most of the time during this episode, I thought it was basically a. Stitch up by Scorpius. Uh huh. Scorpius had arranged this little retreat because he thought that uh, you know the crew needed it. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 boy, the boys needed to be a little mental, uh, mental toughening up. I think uh, that shows he has a lot of faith in the girls. Then, I mean, he knows Aaron, and he even mentions that uh, John is been able to resist his Aurora chair yep. quite a lot, with a, even with a bit of admiration, I would say. As has Grazer observed that previously, when she was talking to, uh, yes. to Squeeth, that uh, Crichton oh, yes. has proved himself to be immune to several forms of interrogation. Yes. So I, I, I've got various notes here that are me like, okay, like at one point I'm asking, is Macton in league with Katoya? Are those two? Uh-huh. At a certain point I thought like Macton was maybe like trying to get to Odargo through this method. Because like, yeah, why is he there? Like, why is Dargo's enemy at the here. same mental boot camp as he is? In the uncharted territories, which Ascorpius says, like, This scepter of tormented space is forbidden to peacekeepers unless they have received express orders from First Commander. Therefore, it is highly likely that Macton is here unofficially, alone, Unofficially, Grasshopper. How the hell did he find us? I'm sure to ask him before I kill him. Or he has special permission. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, <laughs> it seems unlikely to, that it's like, I wouldn't give it like odds one way or the other. It's like... Yep. And that the next student just happens to be a Charid. The, right. The- Which leads to my theory that, you know, it was a stitch up by Scorpius. So basically Scorpius contacted Katoya. He goes like, I, I want to do your uh, prisoner interrogation boot camp uh, with a few friends of mine. And these persons are like, see if you can get these other guys there as well, because mm-hmm. I know your methods. I know what we should set up there to confront them. Because, like, Scorpius right, doesn't get yeah. a lot in the way of training. No, you're right. It's all geared... He gets it, nothing. Nor, it all, does, yeah. nor do the other students. No, it all seems to be geared towards uh, Toward our trio. Our heroes. Yes. Yeah, all right. Because Dargo gets to process his grief and his feelings of vengeance over his wife and toward his uh, brother-in-law. Right. John gets, like, what we t- it turns out to be Scarron heat torture training. And Rigel gets to just kill another Charid, I guess, as if Ondabada so. wasn't enough. No, I mean, yeah, he did, like, this is more hands-on, I suppose. So uh, let's start with he, Rigel. He did torture one to death on Dambada. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, well, I guess, he <laughs> okay. could, I guess he's got a lot to get through. <laughs> so this was just a gimme, like, uh, and, and we'll give Rigel something to I do mean, as yes, well. I mean, yes, it'd be, like, suspicious if he didn't get anything to, like... Or they had to fight one of the other guys. Uh, so I, I was really expecting this episode to go somewhere else. I was expecting a lot more, you know. Ooh. Okay, so the way it was presented to me, the beginning of the show, how it suggested what they were going to be doing, mm. I thought it was going to be one of those uh, trainings that, 
I know Air Force oh, men get. Oh no, well uh, Air Force men get, which is basically and, and so, so, several aviators. other uh, aviators. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, uh, and several other people in branches all, which is basically POW training, which is you get yes. you are now the next three days you are being captured by the enemy and you are going to be subjected to you know lack of food, lack of sleep, uh, yeah, bad yeah, conditions. Yeah. So you're going to be interrogated and just just to give them an expectation and training in how to deal with that if they are captured uh, yeah, yeah, at yeah. some point in the future. I thought it was going to be something like that. So I was expecting, you've got this training cage, you can do this, these you things. Kind of, yeah. And that's what I was expecting. And yeah, more like a episode-long montage of them going through various scenarios uh, yeah, in, the, yeah. in, the, in the cage. Beating up branches and like lifting logs. Yeah, and or yeah, you know, being like made to stand with uh, against the wall and with the water dripping on their heads, and you know, jump on one foot, stuff and like that. Like I mean, dog some of that was like wear that. this gimp I mean, outfit. John got some of that, but get these handcuffs on you, the pink fuzzy ones. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> We're diving, delving into your fanfic territory again, Kaki. Uh, I think it's mostly just the letters that Scorpius and Braca are writing each other at this point. Fair, fair. <laughs> I think um, the person who gets the most out of out of this whole thing is Darko. Oh yes. Well, we don't know like how it's going to pay off for John in the future because he's. Oh yeah, actually, we can do John really quickly. Um, well, the 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 lesson that he needs to learn, mm-hmm. uh, which Katoya teaches everyone here, is that avoiding pain doesn't help you achieve your goals. Yes, right. I mean that's pretty much what. Scorpius also says to him as soon as he comes out of his his first training stint is like you can't avoid pain sometimes the purpose is pain yeah because uh, like what it winds up with after after several adventures following John's plotline exclusively at this point like he winds up being put in the hot box essentially yes. a little cell at the bottom of a a, I mean, it, a, a well with a grate over top it, and what, the- what happens because he calls it he calls it uh, yeah, this is being what's being put like in detention I can't quite remember what caused him to be put there I tell you what we learned we've learned not to take classes from a head job now we're out of here your training isn't over. Oh, yes, it is. It's just begun. He spoke up to Katoya, and Katoya mentak jabbed him, and then he woke up. Oh, right. In, in this, in, on, on, on the floor, where, right. like, three quarters is, is livable, and one quarter is, like, hot coals with a grate over it. Yes, hot, perpetually burning coals. And then uh, Katoya taunts him from the ceiling grate and drops the key, which falls into the hot coals, coals too fast. and melts, I think. And it, yeah, and it happens a few more times. Okay, so that's actually another note I have. Because first, Katoya drops, yeah, drops the key. Uh, yeah. And he's like, oh, you weren't fast enough. And then he gets like, yeah, he sits there a little bit. And uh, yeah, oops, another key drops by, but he kind of dozed off and like misses the key again. And he tries to grab it and he gets burn wounds on his hands from the hot grate yep. that, the, that the key falls through. Then another key falls through, and Scorpius and shows immediately up. Immediately after, yes, and I think it even happens with, like, Dargo with as Dargo, well. With Dargo, same thing as well. First key, and I was wondering, like, is that maybe, like, the condition that uh, Katoya has set for, if you want to go see John, you have to, like, drop a throw a key through the grate before you're allowed to, like, as part of his training or... That's sick. I know, right? But then but not tell him about it? It seems like the kind of thing that <laughs> would happen here. Ding dong. Because where else are the keys coming from? You know, there's not, like, right. a rack of keys up there, which, like, occasionally... Uh, do you, have you ever played that game where there's like a semicircle of sticks which are hanging from a rack and then uh-huh. they can be electronically released and you kind of have to like grab them before they hit the ground? It's kind of like that. Oh, it's is kind it of like, like, like the reflex games it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 
I have an image of what you're talking about. It sort of reminds me of oh, what's it called, Project Thor or something like the the imaginary oh, right. space oh, weapon yeah, yeah, with yeah, uh, yeah, the rods. The rods from space. Yeah, uh-huh. it's kind of like that. What does I mean? Scorpius goes and talks to him about that, and he gets. I can't remember exactly what Scorpius' speech is when John's in the hall. Well, that's. Oh, in the hall? Oh, I don't know. Let's let's do Mintaka 3 and just well, not worry about the, the order too much. Well, no, that's... Yeah. Because, like, what, what Scorpius gradually reveals to Crichton is that this is training, as you say, uh, specifically against Scarron heat torture. Because yes. Because the, the, the heat is only part of it. And- if the heat succeeds in disabling your mind's defences, there is no fact, no fear, no deep secret that they will be unable to extract... And then, says Scorpius, the Scarons will have wormhole weapons. Yes, they can take anything from your mind what they want. Crichton even says, but oh, it'll never come to that. Ah, Scorpius, so after all we went to each other, you'd kill me first. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a very good point, yes. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, no, given, given. But, you know, (laughs) he might not be around when they uh, show up, so... Who knows? He wants. To, he's definitely hedging his bets here. Because there is. Is there another bit in the story in the, in the episode where they talk about wormhole technology? Earth. They talk about Giza and Earth. It's one of the. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. You went from Gyoza yeah, I know. to Giza. <laughs> I, no, I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I forget what her, what her name is. Grazer. Grazer. Yes, Commander Cleveland. Elon <laughs> <laughs> She's not interested in Earth. She wants what's in his head. That's yeah. that's been restated once more. Yeah, yeah. And he go, and yeah, this worries John because like, oh, does she know where it is? Well, there's a good chance that uh, our little uh, green critter uh, t- gave that information to her. Oh yeah, yeah. They don't know that. They don't they, know whether or not that's no. that's what they find out at the at the very end after Scorpius actually receives the information. Because oh yes, they must have been worried that Grazer had a way to send the creature to Earth and back right. again, maybe, outside and, of Moya. Right, and then it didn't know that, that it was, hit, that it was hi- hiding away. away on Moya, yes. So their minds are put at ease. Yes, that's what it is. Their minds are put at ease when they finally identify, oh, no, it's a, it's a species called a screeth and it can use a larnaps to uh, communicate over vast distances. So that's that's probably what happened. Okay, so Earth is safe yes. because the screeth is uh, is dead. And Dargo has a long talk with John as well. He actually brings him some water. He actually calls him brother at that point, which just seems like their bro code is still going strong with them and only gets stronger, I would say. And it's mutual. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because John has that as well, as uh, Darko is dealing with his feelings toward Macton. D, I got your back on this. Grasshopper may be telling the truth. Katoya won't let us disrupt his class. He could deal with Macton when school's out. After I'm out of here, yeah. And it's not, I think... Uh, once again delaying somebody else's priorities in favor of his own priorities. No. I think that he's aware that we, we we need to do this current situation. We we both know that. Because it would be disadvantageous to kill him now, to kill Macton while under Katoya's roof, because then they don't get the information that they need. I suppose so, yeah. Because they're all in need of that. Yeah. Uh, and to finish off John's, John's little arc before we move yeah. over to, to Dargo... The next time the key fall down, he just does a Rambo, grabs the grate. Yep, lifts it up, burning his hands in the process, and uh-huh. yanks the key out. Which he squeezes in his hands, burning it even further. More, yeah, that seems like, throw it to the side. Well, it might have fallen through the grate there, I guess. What's with the grate, man? It's Even the table was a grate. Everything was a grate, yeah. 
Oh, it's, it's a great episode. It's, it's great, actually. <laughs> it's a great job. Uh, which ends with uh, at the very end of the episode we see him just with his hands covered in apparently like healing Jill. slime I yeah. love that it's not mentioned no I mean I mean to be honest burn gel is kind of like that anyway so what does burn gel do cool soothe how does the soothing work is it is the like is it like aloe it, I guess it helps keeping the skin soft a little I don't oh, know right. it's uh, it's also very Tricky because, like, it once it dries up, it's fine. But if it gets wet again afterwards, it becomes really slippery again. Yeah. So you have to be quite careful with that. Uh, I've encountered substances like that. <laughs> that's a hell of a thing, man. Let's do uh, let's do oh. Rigel really quick. Yes, that's going to be over very quick. Yeah, because he hates all the chariots. He's facing a chariot. He gets into the into the chair. Yeah, he even has a comment from Ah. Finally, in a fair fight where I have the advantage. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a very Rigel thing to say thing and yes. say because it's a it's a it's a matter of will and well I mean he's I'm can, a dominator I've got strong will I mean he really does doesn't he he's he's he simply thinks so because he doesn't do too well to start with because he gets into the into the machine and the the the, the Chizik, uh, whatever his name is Charit Charit yeah you. immediately he does like the same pose that uh, Katoya did yeah Tachi Tachi he's no, he, he knows a little oh, bit how ha. this works and he immediately pushes the orb right over to Rigel here you can here you can see the sh- the, 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 the camera view shot you see you see oh, the TV shot yes. where they can see what's going on inside yes there's an there's an orb of course there's right. an, orb an orb where orb they can of, see yes. what's uh, what's orb, happening in an orb of scrying yes an Oculus orb this yeah. it's just it's it's just VR, right? It is. It totally is VR. They've even got the like the two hand controls, except that they're completely immobile and their eyes are closed in the real world. And they're doing a lot of grimacing. Oh, especially Rigel. Yes. Actually, he goes to literally foaming at the mouth and drooling. I read a bit by Dave Elsie about the improvements that they made to uh, uh, to Rigel's animatronics in this season. And it was specifically about like setting sensible limits. Uh-huh. Uh, to avoid truly hideous facial expressions, which, <laughs> yeah. which gave the the puppeteers a lot more freedom because they could like really push the expressions, and they knew that there would be these safeguards to prevent because the smile could get very upsetting. The circles oh, would allow. Oh, what you mean? But, they, but this way it would allow them to make quick, quicker, jerkier motions, knowing that they're going to they, hit the limits. And- exactly, and then this automated protection system would have, would prevent him from going on a full Joker. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's in- yeah. It's an interesting trade off, I suppose. It gives you less. Freedom and flexibility, but better, uh, yeah, uh, yep. better speed and probably higher uh, emotional em- emotional rate. I don't know. Excuse me, Master Jedi. Looks like Sparky's losing more than a few brain cells in there. He's expending a lot of energy. Is there any real danger in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were they were quite pleased with the with the speed at which they could emote now. But okay, so uh, this challenge is oh, it's not going his way. He's in tremendous pain. Oh, it's costing him so much effort. Says Katoya. I don't know why. I don't know what we're supposed to be concluding yeah. from that. And after the sphere hangs right in front of him for quite a long time, he suddenly manages to surge and blast the uh, other dude out of the VR, and we don't see him again, so... Yeah, is he dead? Because when, when Katoya did it, when Katoya pushed the, the ball back to Scorpius, the, 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 the ball exploded, but even virtual Scorpius was still on the ground there. Here, I'm pretty sure the virtual chariot just explodes. No, 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 he's, he falls off. You can see him. And does yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, you can see in the middle in the G here. Oh, well done. He just gets, he just gets knocked over and uh, knocked down. 
But we don't see the chariot anymore in the episode after nope. that. We don't see a lot of Rigel either, because he gets taken away unconscious back to the barracks. And we later see him having a uh, discussion with Dargo, where yeah. he is basically coaching Dargo. Look, he's trying to get to you, and it's working. Oh, Adam and I were happy together. He can't change that. I won't let him. He's definitely getting to you. I should have killed him. Isn't that what you set out to do when we all left Moya? Part of me knew that wouldn't bring Lilam back. And another part couldn't resist letting him know that I knew exactly where he was. Pay attention to the part that wants to kill him. He's given you a second chance to take your revenge. I'm not sure I want to. For yuck's sake, kill him and be done with it. Now, I know that you're dealing with feelings of rage, and what you need to do is just hyper-focus on them Give and satisfy the, yeah, them. Kill this dude and get it over with. Yeah, I think that really is the best, because you're worried about like your morality and your desire to kill him, but you need to focus on the aggression. Yes. Tear him to shred, and then we'll move on to the next. <laughs> like, he's actually... I mean, it's not that bad advice, considering the circumstances. No, exactly. And, like, it's it's he, he's trying to be insightful like he was for, for, for Aaron in The Choice. And I kind of love this, right? This is actually great. <laughs> in an otherwise sometimes grating episode. I didn't, well, I mean, there's a lot of great and greats going on there, but uh, I, I thought it was like a pretty interesting episode, as long as you assume the premise that it's all been set up by uh, uh, Scorpius. Yes, that does help, actually. And I... <laughs> <laughs> I thought I did my preparation better, but apparently, like, oh, I don't know. The I'm still not 100% sure. No, okay. That that's the case. I mean, maybe just for, for Crichton's sake. For Crichton's sake, certainly. He wanted to get Crichton into the scout yes. heat training. But the odds that, but like, the, odd, that, the odds that this dude just shows up here. And it why is would he. Farscape. Why, he, I mean, he would be in the. Uh, I mean, hang on. Where was he? Where was he at? Because Dargo. Okay, let's go to Dargo. Dargo's story here is dealing with the loss of his wife and uh, the role that his uh, brother-in-law played in that. Because the story that we heard was that Macton couldn't deal with the miscegenation uh, yeah. of his uh, sister marrying an alien and having a child yes. uh, uh, with the alien and killed her out of jealousy and rage or, uh, or uh, species purity, you know, mm -hmm. supremacy. And as a peacekeeper, he was able to blame her death on Dargo, who was mm -hmm. then imprisoned for eight years. Yes. That's what we've heard. But Macthorn is actually able to sow some seeds of doubt mm. in Dargo's mind very successfully and very gradually because we see in one of the flashbacks Macthorn having an argument with Lolan and Dargo overhearing that and smugly, like, making, Bye now. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> You're out. So, and so lovely for visiting, and but then flying into a rage. I do not want Macton here. I refuse to have him in this house. You're upsetting yourself over nothing. Dago, can you hear me? Dago, can you hear me? Yes, because he was keeping it under control in front of Macton, but he was he was honestly venting with his with his wife. Like, I hate having him around. I hate the way he looks at I us. I don't want him around the house anymore. And she's like, well, but he's my brother, and then he which starts, is understandable. And then right? he literally starts table flipping. Oh. Uh, I thought it was so well done. Yeah. 
like his performance, all he's doing is just standing there shaking a table and the, the, the camera, I think the frame rate is like slowed down a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get a little bit more motion blur, but like the screaming and the rage in Anthony Simcoe's voice. Oh, yes, he really got to uh, act up. Really, really got to me. But so what Macton is saying, he says at first, I think, to uh, Dargo and then even to Crichton. He killed his wife. No. You killed your sister. Dargo murdered Lolan in a fit of hyperage. Do you know what Luxon hyperage is? Yes, I do. You, you know what a croc is? Dargo says he didn't do it. That's good enough for me. You don't understand. He may not know what he did. Right. Eight cycles and change just thup, slips his mind. You do know that Luxon hyperage causes blackouts. Is that a fact? Yes. And any honest Luxon can tell you that. And sometimes you black out. You don't mm. know what you did. And in fact, it was you in your rage. What done killed your wife? Yes. Dun, dun, dun. And he sows the seed of doubt with John as well because he mentions these hyper-rage blackouts as well. And he even says, oh. like, oh, any truthful Luxon would have told yes. you that. Yeah. You know, and, like, oh. and John is like, hmm. And he just casually slips it into conversation with Dargo later. Hey, this thing about uh, hyper-rage, does it, like, make you forget shit? And you can see Dargo's look of dread going, like, well, it's been known to happen. It's, yeah. <laughs> and then he says, blackouts during hyper-rage can do happen like yes. he's very confirmative about it and even that like John wasn't going to mention anything Dargo bugged him like what did Macton say no. yeah. I don't want to tell you because it'll only piss you off and that was that's what Macton wanted which is totally right yes absolutely but if you do want that knowing that then here's what I'm going to tell you he said that Luxon sometimes get uh, blackouts in, in hyper rage the yes. relationship between John and, and, and Dargo was just excellent in this episode uh, Dargo's turn in the isochahedron is weird because he basically gets put in a disco and there are these blue panes of laser <laughs> lights shining out and uh, he has to like avoid them and use his rage to do so yes. but apparently not, he's not allowed to turn around to see where they're going and they keep just kind of like yeah. jabbing him it's, it's, it's like he's trying to pink panther his way out of them dodging in between the beams of the laser security <laughs> yeah. system which uh, come in from the top and from the bottom and they come uh, from all over the place and constantly zapping him like some kind of deranged version of Takeshi's castle that's trying to be a rock set music video and Katoya is really disappointed in him because yeah. he's like oh fucking cryptic are you even trying you know no, it's like, you should, but you are you even trying? No, you're trying too hard. Put him. Oh yes, that, there that, is that. no try. There is only what? What is it? Could you even put a microt worth of concentration into this? Yeah, is worst this? teacher ever. <laughs> he just loves being cryptic. Well, that was instructive. But it's a it's a reaffirmation for John, who's watching all this. Uh, no, John's in the hole the, at that point. Sorry, John's in the hole at that point because he wakes up. Next scene, John wakes up in the hole. Oh, no, you're right. It's yeah. Macdon who's watching. Yes. Yes, Macdon who's scheming. Because eventually, Macdon's sort of taunting goes even further because Dargo is is sort of working through the possibilities that, that he's harmed his wife. Yes. Uh, he tells John, like, we had a deal. If I ever harm her, I will leave. I made that yes, vow. Yes, he made that up to it because apparently Luxons are not supposed to marry young. Oh, yes. Because they... Yeah. haven't learned to control their hyper-rage yet. And Dargo did marry young. Yep, uh, he is very young. Boy. Oh, man. <laughs> so he's starting to, like, figure out that, hey, 
if I had hurt her, she wouldn't have told me no. out of love. Yes, the, which, the breaking the deal, but... Yes, exactly. And that's that's bad practice. Like, that's... Ooh, yeah. Like, even aside from, like, domestic violence and, and, and abuse, which is its own thing, which I don't know necessarily is the closest metaphor here, because then there is an no. intention, right, like yes. a power dynamic. But there are situations of, like... Mental illness or post-traumatic stress. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I saw that on the television series The Unit, and I've heard from, from some other people who, who were in relationships with, or were themselves, former military people who mm-hmm. had some PTSD issues. And, the, like, one of those deals is that if the person suffering from these challenges does, in fact, at any point get violent, then the other person has the obligation to immediately leave... As part of the deal, like if we want to succeed as a relationship, as a as a partnership, yeah. then we have to be able to trust one another, to be safe from one another, and creating right. this space serves that purpose because then we can work toward resolution or we can decide to separate. But yeah, either way, nobody wants anybody to be unsafe. And that is something that Lolan is kind of denying Dargo. Yes, at least she's, she's breaching that trust a little bit, which leads to a lot of doubt in Dargo's mind at this point. I think that Dargo is actually at fault here for creating this this impossible ultimatum. Well, you know, because he said, like, if, if I ever do so, then I'll leave, then I'll leave, yes. Right, which is terrible for her, because she's yes. in love with her husband, and they have yes. a child together. No, true, true. And so she has to choose between losing her husband or enduring this, this violence, which is, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's like, right, that would have been a workable deal if Dargo didn't have that promise, right. which he promised out of nobility. Yes. It's like, the last thing I want to do is hurt you, so if it comes to that, then I will leave. And like, Thereby also hurting you, turned out. But well, not, yes. Yeah. But I really like this, because Dargo oh, yes. is, is, is flawed. Right? Mm. He's, a, he's a flawed person, and I think so is Lolan. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Totally valid. And, and Macton is just a racist, a bigot. But, oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the reasons why this whole plotline works so well is because the, the, the writers were split right down the middle between whether Dargo killed his wife or didn't. didn't. Oh, right, yeah. That. Like, Justin Monjo was, okay, this is, this is where we need to take this character. Uh-huh. We need to bring him down low and to realise that, that he is the monster he thought Maxwell Tal was. It opened so many possibilities. Yeah. And like, David Kemper, he wasn't willing to go that far because you have to be able to love him. I mean, you have to... right. He deserves the dignity of knowing who he is. Mm. And, uh, yeah, having his own mind, yeah, master of his own yes. mind, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. But because it was such a difficult choice, like, they must have kept coming up with, okay, well, in order to support my argument, here's a fucking fantastic plot line. Yes. Uh-huh. Here's a scene. And, like, yes. and now we can, like, yeah, we built this, like, one where, like, there, there's, there's a lot of going back and forth between, yeah, basically Dargo peeling apart what happened, what actually happened. Yeah, because it's Dargo who realizes, no, I had my hyper rage. I have that under control. I can prove that right now by the fact, Macton, that I'm not killing you. Yes, which comes to head when they are in the sphere together and Macton gets a lot of control over Dargo there because a lot of this builds up to the moment that Dargo and Macton get to go into the training sphere together. Wait, uh, do they... Right at the end? Go together. Well, they don't necessarily go together. Oh, uh, right. Katoya takes Dargo Correct. in. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's and then a- Maxon, like, assassinates Katoya, yes. I guess. 
Katoya is talking to Dargo that they're like, yeah, uh, oh, I'm, I'm disappointed in you and this and that, and this is all not going very well. Oh, and summoning a vision of Lolan. Yes. To to challenge Dargo. And then while Dargo is talking to this vision, Katoya just explodes because he's been bestabbed in the real. Yes. Dargo is working way through his thoughts about what's happening. Katoya is trying to, like, get into his head of whether or not that he could actually do this, if he could actually hurt her. I and think that's what again, he's... Again, being so stupidly cryptic. I'm like, yes. what is your actual goal here, bud? And when Macton gets into the driver's seat and starts taking over, he really starts torturing Dargo. How do you like your fish head, you miserable old fool? <laughs> because, like, whenever, whenever Dargo hits him... Then oh he he hit his uh, he hit Lolan I thought that uh, was and whenever so good. yeah whenever Macton hits Dargo he just slaps him around like it's it's almost sort of weirdly erotic at one point where he, he Macton is showing off his his bruises by like revealing his oh lifting the hem of his ankle which and then which is also yeah which is like, we, yeah like, you see Macton doing it and, and then the next and then shot is Lo, yeah Lola showing an actual bruise and uh, damage that. Uh, Dargo supposedly did to her. Yeah. And that ends with, yeah, basically, yeah, that ends with Dargo realizing that the story that Macton has been feeding him doesn't add up. Yeah. Because firstly, he said, like, you killed her in a fit of hyper rage. Yeah. And he's like, no, that, that didn't happen. That, uh, uh, well, what made him decide that that was, couldn't have happened? Well, like, oh, I yeah, have control oh, right, yeah. because I'm not killing you. And yeah. then Macdon says, well, no, you, it was your violence that led to her death. She took her own life because she couldn't stand your beatings anymore. Which is like typical gaslighting talk for like, yes. and he, he also says it to uh, Lolan later in a flashback. It's like, oh, look what you made me do. Fuck which off. is always like, anybody who says like, look what you made me do is exactly what they wanted to do. And they're just using it as an excuse. I. And Dargo rejects... You're absolutely right. Yeah. And Dargo rejects that as well. You're lying. Every word you've said is a lie. No. You beat her and you killed her. You know the truth. You never knew the land and you knew nothing about love. <laughs> you know what the land went through for our love. I wish I could have loved her half as well. Oh, you loved her to death. You do not have this power. Alan told me that I do have power over my hyper-rage. And it's more than enough to control you in here. You cannot kill me. Not in here. I have no intention of killing you. I loved my wife. But you wouldn't know that. You didn't know the lad. I did. She could have left me for my failings. Maybe she should have. But I know this. She would never have left her son without a mother. No, Lolan would not have orphaned her child. Yes, she would like never have killed herself because she, uh, uh, Jothi would. Yeah, she wouldn't yeah. have orphaned, orphaned Jothi. So and I really like bringing that in because he's taking it out of like. There's more to Lolan than me. Yes. Right. She was a. a, 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 a I might a not whole have been. Person. I might not have even been the most important person in her life. That right. was probably Jothi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's totally valid. Like, yeah. You're not supposed to have favorites, of course, but we do have differing priorities, and that's a blind spot for Macton. Mm-hmm. Macton just didn't think about Jothi at all. Yeah. His nephew. Yeah. Right. But, but yes, like you know, half breed and like, oh, racial yeah. purity. This uh, and that. 
Repugnant. Uh, but yes, once he breaks free, oh yes, we kind of forgot about the whole scene where he's got he's like beating him up when he's got him in, in the back in the chains and his. Uh, oh wow! Uh, uh, on Moya. Oh, that was brutal. Yeah. Don't try to resist it. It's my gift to you, Dargo. Your own hyper age in a place where you can rot in it forever. After he kind of convinces uh, Dargo that uh, Dargo was responsible and that he, he, he get, casts him back in the cell, puts him in the chains and oh, starts yeah. beating up on him, like, this is where you belong, this is what you deserve. This and that's, is where we're going to leave yeah, you, and that repeating is, hell that she went through. And that is when Dargo makes the final realization that, like, no, this is like... Yeah, the, the, the sleeper I awakens. Did, I didn't the, kill her because I have myself under control. Yep. She didn't kill herself because she would never orphan Jothi. And therefore, you killed her. And yep. he and, and then the chains just kind of like his hands just drop free from the chains. Keanu Reeves stands up, stops all the bullets. <laughs> yeah, very. Kvizat Hadarach awakens yeah. his fifth chakra, opens, uh, and he starts laying it in on uh, Macton, and leaving Macton in the machine in the way that he was going to leave Dargo, like basically yeah. beating up his sister. And then they fly away. And then they leaving, fly away. <laughs> yes. Leaving this, this dojo, this space dojo, that's apparently quite famous, with one Charid who is dead, sort of confused. presumed dead. Well, I mean, I presume he was dead, but maybe he was yeah. just, like, um, taking a nap. Like, and then he wakes up um, and he sees Katoya dead and Macton stuck in, a, in an endless hell loop. Yeah. And no spaceship to go anywhere. Maybe they smashed the I radio. Mean, they, 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 they must have gotten there by spaceship as well, you know, him and uh, Macton. So they, they must have gotten there. Oh, I wonder if um, Rigel just had a little side adventure that he was off sabotaging all the communications equipment <laughs> to send the chariot to hell. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's when we get the scene with John, like, sitting with the burn gel on his hands and, like, Dargo is... <laughs> yeah. And they're kind of, like, like, no talking, like, mostly him and uh, Scorpius. And Dargo's being kind of quiet, and uh, John's like, are you okay? It's like, yeah, i just got a lot going on right now. If you were fine, you'd have killed Macton instead of leaving him there. He's trapped in a coma with his own nightmares. Killing him would have been merciful. I'm not that enlightened. And I get it. Like, he's been confronted with a lot. But uh, he has flaws that are just part of who he is. There are mistakes that he's that he's made, that are, are yeah. inadequacies that people around him have suffered from, as as we all experience. And what do John and Scorpius talk about in the last bit? There's a little bit of back and forth between them in the last scene. Uh, oh, I don't know. All, all my notes say is healing goo yeah. and Macton sucks. Well, yes, Macton does suck quite a bit. But, whew, yeah, that was not a good... Uh, Family relationship. Hey, there was there. one bit that we haven't talked about, which is Macton says, I came because you would be here, as if he was either invited or which, he yeah. found out which that. place. Well, uh, there, was, uh, the th- now, there was a thing about Dargo at some point lets Macton know that he knows where he is. Oh, that was uh, that was during the halls. That was during their summer holidays between season three and four. Right. When they were all split up. That's what Darko went off to do. But he didn't do anything about Macton at the time. He just wanted him nervous and afraid, I suppose. I mean, originally his intention was to kill him, but that wound up not happening, and now he reveals, like, I just wanted Macton to know that I knew where he was. Right, and Macton is now here because he knows that Dargo is here, and he wants his revenge on Dargo, which, again, leads to me that Scorpius has been meddling again. Yeah, I think I'm with you. 
did seems to be it seems like the kind of thing because it fits in with the fact that he lies about the boys having to go through this training in order for uh, uh, Katoya to give him the information when in fact halfway through he uh yeah he 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 teases that information out of Katoya by saying like oh well I want three favors and Katoya's like oh do I owe the, owe you that many <laughs> um, and then they're not really favors what he asks in my opinion it's, other than the information it's like no it's right. like it was like turn up John's training the the, the first one is Something about like no, turning up the training for everybody. And the second one is, and, and oh, I remember. Secondly, Merton has become a distraction, maybe a dangerous one. He has done nothing wrong. I believe, despite his protests, he will kill Dago, or Dago will kill him. I will have neither here. Still, some preemptive action could be called for. That's what it was. <laughs> and uh, the last one is uh, like, oh, yeah, and this, like, this creature, what do you know about that? Yeah, yeah, which apparently has not come up before. All no. right. So, so I, 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 I think my theory is like I'm with Scorpio you. has been like arranging this whole thing. And this I'm, was just, I'm like, fully with you. Him in a Scorpio scheming. I mean, I think Scorpio's, even... Scorpio's going to Scorp, as we say. <laughs> <laughs> I think even this is how I remembered it. Mm-hmm. And then I started watching the episode and I almost started wondering, hey... Is the training episode coming later? Like, I literally was thinking, oh, so maybe the the one where John winds up in the hole is actually a later episode. Uh, yeah, and then it does. It turns out to be this one. Anyway. Turned out to be this one. Really it had weird, weird timing this episode. I'll give you that. But yeah. lots of, but yeah, lots of very emotional flashbacks with uh, Lolan and oh. uh, yes, that that whole development. So All yes, right, let's see. She gives me a Woody. She gives you the Willies. Oh. Okay, that's a tricky one. I don't actually have... I, I, I thought about it while watching the episode a few times, but I didn't actually have anything marked down as willies or woodies. Like, I, I usually hmm. have a few marked in my notes, which are potentials, but I don't have any of that right now. So, What did you think about the flashbacks? I mean, they didn't actually take the time to give Dargo his season one makeup like they wanted, but that would no. have been an extra, like, five hours. Yes. That might have been confusing to new viewers. Okay, who is he? Well, I mean, it's the flashbacks were all soft-tone flashbacks, so it was always very clear that they were flashbacks. Oh, absolutely. So but, like, easily pulled is that he away. the same person? Because uh, right, the the, yeah. the makeup would have been identical, but his skin tone was very different in season one. Fair, yeah. He might even have still had green eyes. How about that? Ooh, yes. I mean, oh, yeah. Actually, the uh, Katoya was supposed to have really funky lenses in. Yeah. Unfortunately, he had a little uh, eye injury or something, and the nurse wouldn't allow <laughs> that it. Happens a lot, doesn't it? Yes, yes. <laughs> a lot of people seem to develop eye injuries when when Dave Elsie wants them to wear lenses. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, great, cracky. So, Willy, Willies. I think, I don't know, the whole John torture thing, that was a bit Willerific. Oh, you got the, the really wide-angle views. Yes. You saw him sort of losing it. It was... And and the completely nonsensical training methods that Katoya has. <laughs> yes, yes. It was very wax-on, wax-off. Uh, but, but with no payoff. Yes, and my Woody would be very simple. It was really... <laughs> John, who keeps like whistling the River Kwai song whenever he's like stuck in his cell trying oh, to. Is that what we're calling it that, these well, days? That's what I'm calling it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or Fame by Alec Guinness. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Actually, it is from, from Bridge on the River Kwai, it is. which that's... also includes heat torture. I know, right? Okay, that's no, right. now I'm getting it. 
Oh, well done. <laughs> so another one of John's cultural references, which has been... <laughs> How did he have time to study space when he was just watching movies all day long? <laughs> it's a classic. It's a cl- <laughs> <laughs> I know. My my Woody. Actually, I have a. I, I do have a few candidates. I mean, I love a Dargo episode. He gets stuff to do. Yeah. Positive relationships between between men. Now we don't have a lot of other options in this car- in this episode because aside from the fictional Lolan and the uh, opening scene with Aaron, it's a sausage fest. Yes. The teal geese. Like, I mean, it's, I, they were, I, I, I like kind of like them, yeah. It's like, <laughs> um, mine actually pajama goes party. to some of the oh, We should call that the episode, Pajama Party. We, we, t- we titled them oh, after I mean, quotes now. Oh, that's right, yes. Yeah. It's, it's some of the camera work. There's mm. some really, really exciting camera moves in the toward the icosahedron, which right. is either like a really like a, a fast crane move or maybe even like a, yeah, a, a and then cable with move the, with the starlight uh, bedecked uh, bedazzled uh, ceiling there you know the, the, those, the whole location yeah. was, was gorgeous and like there was a CG extension area and oh. apparently it was no fun for the actors because they'd get motion sickness from the <laughs> oh, wow. weird lights but that's uh, peculiar yeah. it looks great for us so yeah, yeah. The sort of camera work and production design that's actually going to get my woody this time around no excellent willies uh, though ooh yeah go on then I feel like this episode wanted to be more standalone than it could be this far in the season. Fair. Would have benefited from being more standalone because it's like the the core is Dargo confronting Macton. Mm-hmm. And so it required all this sort of circumstantial plot in order to justify that existing here. And also, you know, the, the, the production reasons. So there's... Oh, Scorpius scheming and anticipating Grazer and like wanting the information about the Screeth, all of which like just doesn't have enough space to really connect you. Mm, I see what you mean, but yeah, it did require quite a lot of this in order to be able to do a, you know, detective plot basically, right? Yeah, without doing, without actually having to be, yeah, like throwing it into another courtroom where we're going to investigate this, and it's combined with the, uh, yeah, the oh shit. They could have totally done another uh, Dream a Little Dream of Me. Something like that, yeah. No, because, uh, like, that was originally written as the the first episode of season two. Yeah. And then it was reworked with uh, a few more flashbacks and, like, sideways Mm -hmm. framing devices. You could have totally had an episode that was about Dargob on trial for the murder of Macdon Tal, and then having to go through, objection, Your Honor, flashbacks about his various confrontations with... But that would have also required a lot of plot setup because... Like, he's already be, been he's already been convicted of this once, you know. No, oh, sorry, Mac- killing Lolan, yeah. Right, but then, but then he would have, again he would have been ca- captured by the peacekeepers. Who weren't. No, he could just go shopping and then he can get arrested. It's happened to them like eight times before. Like, Fair. The, the okay, ugly he, he just he just happens to run into Macton on the planet, kill him, and then it goes on to, on trial. No, between I mean between seasons three and four, he yeah. has already murdered him by the time season four, and then like as at some point when they go shopping because it's always when they go shopping. Oh, then they guess he gets picked somebody up. Somebody picks him up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's what could have been possible. Hire us for for the season five continuation for the of- reading room for the writers' room. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> So, that's, that's the story, story so, so far, Escape. Yes, please join us next week. There's another reading of Tales of Tormented Space. Yeah. And after that, 416, bringing home the beacon. Beacon, yes, it does say beacon. I was like, <laughs> I mean, for a moment there we were going. <laughs> yeah, suddenly which, getting hungry. In which the ladies of Moya head for a commerce settlement to purchase a device that will help disguise Moya. The arrivals of several high-ranking peacekeepers and Skarens, however, give them a new mission and a new threat.
Ooh, mm. lots to look forward to. Yes. And girls night, girls, girls night. night. <laughs> Party time, excellent. Oh no, wait, that's again wrong. <laughs> it's almost even nicer to look forward to that, knowing that the boys were all stuck in studios just recording <laughs> lines. Uh, thank you for joining us at So Farscape once again. We're we're delighted that you're keeping us company in the in the in the last sort of leg of season four as we're heading toward its thrilling conclusion. Seven more episodes. So please, if you have any synopses, send them in now. Oh yes. So far, slash links for your synopses, some of the last opportunities you'll ever have. And I know some of you have probably already sent them and maybe forgotten whether you've sent some in. We actually kind of like it when people accidentally send duplicates. <laughs> There's also the opportunity to join our uh, to join our Patreon. Once again, thank you to all of our supporters. It means so much to us. And it's thanks to you that we have the equipment that has in the past saved us from having to re-record entire episodes <laughs> because we have a backup recorder. And if you have any suggestions for fanfic, which until very recently I thought, hey, you know, maybe I should stop mentioning that, we actually got a suggestion. Oh, good. Yes, uh, it was suggested by someone from uh, from Terra Firm Escapers. Haven't looked at it yet, so I need to check whether it's appropriate. But if it is, then we'll be uh, hearing that pretty soon. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. So, so far, Skip, so good. good.